drink. This is the man room. What is up, friends? Welcome into the Man Room Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I am your host, Marcus Bridges, and the homework is what we always get to off the top of the show. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there, Stitcher, Anchor, got our own RSS feed. We're shining this turd really nicely, so go check it out there. Uh, Be sure to check us out on YouTube because we have video, and this one is going to be one you're definitely going to want to check out the video of because joining me today... On the Man Room podcast is a, uh, a friend of mine, but also somebody that I have seen do his his profession more times than I care to count. And every single time my head explodes off my shoulders. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in the Man Room today. Hart Keen, welcome. Wow. Wow. Hey, it's good to see you. It's been a handful of years since we've hung out. Uh, we have some crazy stories from the donkey show days back in the day, but, uh, yeah, no, it's fun to be here and uh, I feel at ease already cause I'm a duck fan and you got, uh, all, all the duck gear in here and, uh, it looks, it looks really great. So. I, you know, I tell everybody, Perfect. this is just my adult playroom. Uh, I filled it with my drum set, my beer fridge and my blood pressure cuff. That's what I always say. So, you know, I, there's signs of aging in here for sure, but, uh, also, it's it's just kind of a kind of would remind you of a college crash pad, you know. Absolutely, it's it's a man room in every sense of the word. <laughs> it is a man room. <laughs> and I do like to say because you know I feel bad. I I have so many interesting people in my life, and what I'm realizing as the podcast goes on is that a lot of them are male, and I know a lot of really talented and really interesting females, and I just haven't gotten them in here yet. Ladies, if you're a fan of this show. Everybody is welcome in the man room. Just don't be a dick. That's what I always say. So we're going to have some awesome ladies on. I've been networking with some local stand-up comedians that are females, and they're just awesome. So we'll get to it. Don't worry. Uh, But, uh, dude, it has been a while, and um, I I can't believe I didn't think of you before I did to have you come in here because, like I said, you blew my mind so many times. Um, If you don't know who Hart Keen is, let me give you a little bit of a background. You've seen Hart on Fox, TNT, NBC, The CW. Most notably, America's Got Talent. You are a mentalist and an illusionist and a damn good one at that, man. Thank you. How's how's business? I mean, you're back at it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm back at it. And believe it or not, uh, I was back at it uh, late last year. Uh, So I finally pulled my head out of my ass and I realized that people were doing virtual shows. Because think about this for a second. All our listeners have been on a Zoom call or been part of a Zoom meeting. It is Awful. And here's the thing about this. Let's say you want to do a corporate happy hour. Let's say you want to do your holiday party. Let's say you want to do your awards banquet. They had to do all that stuff virtually for the last 15 months. Okay. Think how awful this is. You're, you have 300 people all in the zoom room. Okay. Oh my Only one person can present or talk at a time. Right. So it's so awkward. It's like, Oh, hi, hi, Nancy. Is that, is that your dog? Oh, hi, Bill. And everybody has to watch this <laughs> at a regular event. You can have five people visiting over there. You can have eight over there, two over there. You can mingle at, at, at a most, at a, at a company event, or you can stay with your husband off in the corner, whatever the zoom thing. It just, it was awful. So what did, what were all these companies supposed to do? So what I did in no, you know, I've, I set up a, a, a studio in my home, 
uh, to, to be able to do virtual shows and lighting. I put an actual, you know, brick wall with like brick, brick veneers and real mortar. And as like a, you know, kind of almost like a backdrop with shelves. So it looked, had like, almost like a Chicago comedy club look. Okay. You know, I got brought in, you know, you know, lighting, studio lighting, uh, that they'd use up, you know, usually for photography or, or, or a studio obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, my microphone, uh, got a high end, the best webcam I could get my hands on, you know, uh, and, uh, just set up this whole studio. And then I just started advertising with Google AdWords nationwide. And really? I was getting, there was times when I was getting 10 to 15 leads a day. Wow. Okay. Because all these companies are looking for virtual entertainment a desperate so, almost desperate because they're like what do we do here what, right our, our events coming up we have to do it virtually this is going to be awful we need somebody that can interact with our guests and and and, and why should they join what this is going to be just awful with 500 people or 100 people or 200 people so uh i mean i remember one day in december i had seven shows in one day and here's what's crazy about virtual is now i could do i could work with every budget I was doing events from $500 all the way up to $3,500 and $4,500 for the same show. Wow. Because I'm a salesperson. I have to find out how much money they have in their budget and get all of that money. That's what a salesperson does. <laughs> exactly. I sell entertainment. So it was insane. And I was, yeah, I had about a $2,000 a month Google bill, okay, but it didn't matter because I was booking so much virtual work. I mean, it was just insane. But yeah, especially during December, I'd have three to seven shows sometimes in one day. That's amazing, dude. I mean, and nuts. You know, what's what's awesome about it, and you see this with creative people, you see this with artists and musicians, being on the cutting edge, wherever that cutting edge is, whether it be on, you know, virtual or whether it be, you know, digital when we went there or, or we're right. streaming, all those different things. Those people that do like you did and decide, you know what, uh, the ship is headed that way and I better be on it. Uh, th they're always the ones that have the most success. So congratulations, right. because I saw you post uh, a while back on, on social media that you had canceled just an ungodly amount of shows <sighs> due to COVID, if I'm not Brutal. mistaken. I mean, Brutal. the dollar Brutal. amount alone would, would turn you inside out. I'll let you say that yeah. if you want to, yeah. but... Um, I, I just, I felt so happy knowing that you got back going and to know that it was that good. I had no idea that you were doing seven shows a day sometimes. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it, it was, a, it was a crazy way to pivot. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they always say pioneers are the people on the side of the trail with arrows in their back, you know, always be careful, <laughs> but I knew that other guys were doing it. So I saw other guys start, uh, uh, you know, embracing the virtual market. And that's when I realized this is this is huge. You know, I had buddies that were that were really really raking it in. I mean, like in like just stupid, stupid. I mean, like Oz Perlman that plays third on America's Got Talent, probably five years ago. The Mentalist. I mean, he's a wonderful businessman, but I mean, he was just killing it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the being able to 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 pivot like that and and then not have to leave my house. I mean, that was what the crazy thing was as well. Is that when would I ever be able to do more than one show in one day? I usually have to travel. You know, there's a lot involved. Blah blah blah. So. Yeah, I mean, when the pandemic hit, it was uh, it was a big blow. Uh, I, I lost within thirty days. Let's say I lost you know six figures of of, of contracts work Dude. that was already there contracted because you have to think I had all you know corporate work lined up. I had all these fairs lined up for that summer. You know there was all these multi day contracts in di these different markets that I work and just gone and. Some of them, you know, depending on the market or in the client and the, the event, some of them I had a 50% retainer on and I said, hey, I'll honor it when you book me again. But think about that. Now you're essentially taking another hit because right. now you're going to commit to their event that you already got 50% on, but now you're filling that debt, that debt date the following year. 
And now you can't work that date. Now you're working it for half of that last contract. So right. it is what it is. You know, life goes on. But that's um, repeat business in a nutshell bingo. that you're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the next time, especially because of the yeah. quality of work that you do, which once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this right now or if you're watching it, this is all coming up. Because when I asked Hart to do this, I said, look, you're more than welcome to come in and do some some of your tricks if you want to, or we can just chat. And what you yeah. said was, it'd kind of be awkward not to do some of the stuff. <laughs> and I, I just, I my heart jumped out of my chest. I was so excited when you said that. So we will get to that stuff. You will get to see later on in this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube or wherever, uh, you will get to either see or hear some of the mind-blowing tricks that Hart's got going on. And, um, you know, we'll get to it later too, but I'm going to talk to you about some of the stuff you've already done for yeah. us uh, on the donkey show in the past. Um, actually, it was a pretty significant corporate event that you did. I was uh, the the first time I ever saw you perform was at one of our corporate events for the radio show before we'd had you on the air. Um, they they I don't know what their problem was. They elected me entertainer of the year that year. I, I still have the trophy. They didn't make me give it back, but <laughs> that was that that I remember that night more for what you did than you know the trophy presentation because I, I once again deserve it or not. Uh, it wasn't that big of a deal, and uh, ever since then. I've just been enamored with it, man. And, uh, I, you know, I've been on your website checking stuff out. I've been reading uh, your reviews and everything like that. We're going to get to all that stuff. Um, but as always, we start out the Man Room podcast having a drink. And uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about that real quick. Uh, what do you got over there? Well, uh, uh, I, you know, you never want to be that that guy, uh, you know, that talks about CrossFit or <laughs> <laughs> or. Uh, uh, the keto diet, but I, I'm, I, I am doing the keto diet for like 30 days. And so I, I have to, you know, not, I can't do any beer, uh, obviously. So I'm just, uh, rocking the, uh, the vodka soda water. Yeah. Uh, do you the, like the that champions? Is it, is it something that you enjoy or is that something that you do because you have to? Um, I, I think right now it's because I have to, but honestly, like I've been, I've been in the habit, you know, I used to drink, you know, whiskey, whiskey Coke, right. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, and then I switched to like whiskey diet. I don't need all that sugar. And then I realized, no, I don't need the aspartame. So I got myself weaned off of probably five, six, seven years ago. I, I, I stopped drinking any type of, uh, uh, soda pop. Right. Okay. That right. includes, you know, with a drink. So I just kind of got used to just liking the taste of like a whiskey or a vodka with the soda water. Okay. Because then you then you taste it. You still you taste the liquor. It's but it's like a little bit watered down. And then you throw a little lime in there. It's perfect. And to me, it's perfect. And you're and honestly, I always when I go out, I'll order one in a tall because then you're hydrating as you drink. You know, you're <laughs> hydrating as you drink as you drink. So I don't know. That's kind of been my thing the last few years, just to because you know, like like a lot of us, I I think you know I I, I enjoy my I enjoy ha having some drinks you know here and there. And I think that I I, I can make my vice a little cleaner of a vice I sure guess, you know? sure so that's why I did that you know I learned it from uh from my dad's poker crew actually I, I I was always every time I would go out there and play with them uh in enterprise back where I grew up they were always drinking whiskey and diets whiskey and diets I mean that was all the way across the board and then one day I showed up and they were all just taking their whiskey cups over to the sink and just filling it up the rest of the way with water <laughs> and I was like what happened to you guys? And they're like, <laughs> we we're like all in our sixties and we can't keep drinking this shit. And I was literally, I took a sip of one thinking this is going to be a terrible cocktail. And I was like, Oh yeah, you guys drink good whiskey. That's yeah. why it actually yeah. tastes good with yeah. water or soda. Yeah. And I think uh, there's the lesson for you kids, right? Well, not kids, but adults over 21 that are you know willing to imbibe. 17, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to, 
get away from that soda, save or take that money that you save, spend it on a little bit better alcohol because nobody's telling you to put Burnett's in a glass with with soda water. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got Tito's over here today, which I, I've yeah. always kind of stood by. I'm not a vodka guy myself. I'll drink it, but I don't have uh, taste in vodka, if you will. So right, I hope right. that Tito's is a good one because I want to be a good host, you know? Oh, Tito's is great. I mean, uh, uh, the man room is a wonderful host. All right, Marcus is a great host. He, uh, he got me a, a little a, a little uh, Tito's here and uh, a, a nice thing of ice ready to go with the glass. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing well. I'm perfect. Good, good. Well, uh, I'm having one that I've never had in here from a brewery that we haven't had either. And by the way, Tito's and uh, Pelican Brewing from the coast, nobody's paying us to say this, but if you would like to, uh, you can Gmail me at the Man Room Podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. Uh, uh, Venmo, please. Yeah, uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking uh, Raspberry at Sea Volume Two, which is ale with raspberries. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, hey, "IPA guy, where's the Imperial?" I just got back from Vegas yesterday. Okay, this is the first thing I've done since I've been back from <laughs> Vegas, and I left a giant piece of my liver there. Okay, so just oh, give me geez. the give me the sweet beer. And something that'll is go down Pelican? easy. Yes, is that what, this is Pelican Pel- Brewing. Oh, okay. Have you ever been there? I have. It's oh, oh I love the, the one. There, well, there's two of them. I think there's the one in uh, uh, the little tiny little town. Uh, I'm trying to think, and now I have I'm to look at the bottle. Out what's the tiny little town there? Uh, but I, I've, I've seen I've, I've seen Wells Breach there so many times. And that's a little surf beach right there. You know Pacific what City, right? Pacific Bingo. Yeah, Pacific, Pacific City. Because they also have one in Tillamook now. Yep. And that's where it actually says yep. on the side of the bottle. But uh, stop off on Pacific City. If you blink, you'll miss the sign. And then you'll yeah. be completely by the city yeah. in three seconds. So it's just north of Lincoln City, I think, there. Yep. Probably half yep. an hour. Um, I had a gig there one time. Really? As, for the Pacific City Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> they put on this event there. And I, so so I, they put me up at the in it. Uh, Cape uh, Kawanda or whatever, oh, right yeah. there, that hotel. It's like right across the street from Pelican yep. uh, Brewery. It's a beautiful spot. I mean, yeah, the gorgeous. Oregon coast is one of the best kept secrets, man. Oh, I mean, it not, might be a place where you want to go dip your toes in the sand because you'll get hit by a wave and sucked out to sea. But if you want to get up on the highway there and take some pictures, the panoramas yeah. are amazing for sure. 101. I mean, yeah. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So you, I was looking at your website and not to, you know, by the way, I always tell my guests too, before they come in and I forgot to mention this to you, if you have anything that you want to bring up, bring it up. Don't think that I'm just going to take over and, and host this thing like I need to. Um, we've had, we've had experiences, obviously you've been all over the world doing what you do. So, uh, don't let me run away from something that you want to no talk worries. about. We're very religion and politics. Let's do this. All right, here no, we no. go. <laughs> <laughs> so I read, uh, on your website, uh, about your start in magic and I thought it was awesome because I got, I had a really, um, a really close experience to what you had. Um, can you tell me about the very first time that you were interested in magic and, and how you actually got your start? Yeah, yeah, it's such a great question. Uh, so they always say that teachers can be or or, or can, you know, can be a huge influence on us, right? And I think a lot of people, a lot of our listeners can think of a teacher that maybe had a, a, a pretty big influence on their life, you know, whether it was in high school, whether it was uh, in college, whether it was, you know, grade school, whatever, middle school, you know, you can all think of the, a couple of those teachers. Well, my, my Spanish teacher, my high school Spanish teacher was, I mean, changed my life a, a few times in, in a few different ways. Uh, and it started out my sophomore year at Churchill High School in, in, uh, in West Eugene. And he showed me my first legit magic trick because I had seen stuff before my little sister was into magic she she had the, the little magic kits the little cheesy 
shitty little plastic tricks. I mean, just stupid, right? And uh, I could see right through them. I'm like, that's dumb. I'd, I'd see magic up on a stage, and 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 the girl would get in a, a little box or some contraption, and I just was, even at a young age, I'd say, well, it's something with the box. It's something with the contraption. And obviously, I was right. I mean, right. That's, that's, that's what that how that works. But, um, and some of them were great. Don't get me wrong. Some were very fooling, but I knew that that's what was going on. I knew that the, 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 uh, woman was doing more work than the magician, which right. is, which is a true story. Uh, that's what's actually happening most <laughs> of the time. Um, and not, not to, again, not to take anything away from that t- style of illusion magic. It just wasn't my thing. It wasn't what I was drawn to. Well, he, uh, had been a former part-time professional magician unbeknownst to me. So I'm in the back of his class. I'm just a young punk skater kid, you know, Smoking weed every day, just just not giving a, a shit about Spanish, okay? <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting in the back, and uh, one day, maybe a couple weeks into class, he does this trick up in front of everybody. He like I, it was just a little quick slide of hand bit. I think he just we still had chalkboards. I'm 40 years old. We still had, actually had a chalkboard. <laughs> uh, I remember, and he had a, he had a, a like a white piece of chalk, and he did this quick thing where it made it look like he just sucked it up his nose. And it looked really good. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm in the back of the class. Like, dude, what? What? You know, what, what What? just happened there? So I go up to him after the class. I'm like, that was crazy. I was like, can you do that again? He's like, no, I won't do that again. He's like, but I'll show you something else. Takes out a deck of cards and does this this card trick where he kind of takes me down the garden path and then just, you know, turns the hose on me, right? <laughs> uh, so I think he messed up. And then at the end, this card that I didn't think was my card changes into my card. And I'm like, what the hell? It wasn't like your grandpa's you know, card trick, like count out 21 cards, you know, whatever. Right. It was, it was legit. And right at that moment I was like, Oh my God. I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. Like I was instantly just blown away. So I said to him, I said, you have to teach me. You have to teach me. He said, well, I'll tell you what he said. I, I put together a little magic club here at the high school. We meet once a week on Wednesdays during lunch. And he said, I'll, I'll invite you to come. But he said, you have to, I don't care what you do in your other classes. You have to move up to the front of my class and pay attention. Oh, he said you're going to learn some Spanish. If you want to learn some magic, you're going to learn some Spanish. So I said, deal. Deal. <laughs> so I moved right up to the front of that class, started paying attention to Spanish, and started going to magic club. And we we became you know uh, very close. I mean, he was like my my mentor. And it's funny because he got me going to the local magic club scene. And then uh, you know we were we were uh, uh, you know we got we got to be close after. Uh, we, we stayed in touch after high school. And then, uh, I, I always, you know, him and his wife and his daughter are, are still, are still like dear friends of mine. I, 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 I DJed and did the entertainment at his daughter's, uh, bat mitzvah. Oh, okay. wow. How yeah. fun. Yeah. So we, we were still close, uh, to this day. And fu- funny thing is that he actually, uh, is, you know, he basically manages wealth now. He, he did okay for himself, but he also, his, his, his family, uh, uh, had, had quite a bit of, Wealth. He was left with with some wealth, and he's not only you know grown it significantly, but he that's what he does now. He basically manages wealth, and he's you know a, a wizard as well when it comes to that stuff. He was taught well by his family, and uh, re- had re- reads a lot of books. And so he gave me my second education about thirteen years ago when I went full time into doing what I'm doing now. I had a four hundred one k at my old job that I didn't know what to do with, and he said, Let, "Let's time for your next." education and he taught me about money investing i mean uh i've i've done you know very very well because because of him i mean just just you know when i've had good years i've just invested everything i mean so he's he's set me up really well he kind of gave me that second like mentorship almost That's but awesome. in a different way so he's been a huge influence on my life his name is uh, kit pascal he's also an author so he's written 
a couple books, a couple of magic books, and he's also written uh, some books on uh, uh, martial arts, like like wrist locks and things like that. So he's uh, he has he has a, a book that's been around many years. You can still buy it on Amazon called Wrist Locks: From Protecting Yourself to Becoming an Expert is the name of the book. And he was uh, uh, secondly Bruce Lee, second generation Bruce Lee student. Uh, really, uh, Jeet, Kune Do, Jeet Kune Do. So, wow. which is Bruce Lee's. Uh, uh, style method. And, okay. uh, yeah. So he's, he's you know, written numerous books and yeah, we still, we still talk probably once a week. I mean, it's, I was a pallbearer at both his mother and his father's burial. So very yeah, close I mean, friendship yeah, that you yeah, developed yeah, out yeah, of real this. Close. Yeah. I mean, he's ultra uber proud of me, obviously yeah. you know, with everything I've done with it. And, you know, so, well, I mean, yeah. how great of a story, first of all, is like you said, you were sitting in the back, you know, smoking weed and stuff like that in high school. Like, um, I can count more people that did that than didn't do that. And just to see you, I'm sure, move from the front of the class to the, or the back of the class to the front and then just take off, I'm sure for him is just as heartwarming as it is yeah. for you to know that he actually wanted to spend some time and actually, you know, uh, invest a little time in you. And the investment thing, I, I can't tell you how great that is because it's like, you think about now and investment's a hot topic. Everybody's talking about investing people that don't have money to invest are investing right now. And it's kind yeah. of a popular like thing. And that 13 years ago, I feel like is, is an early adopter to like the mainstream of investing. And so that's great yeah. because you're set where you need to be and on a path already where everybody else is just trying to find their path right now. And right. You know, right. Um, in 2020, everybody needed to find a new way to make money where they could do it from their computer. Like you were saying earlier, yep. And investing is, uh, I mean, look, I'm a gambler. I love playing. <laughs> I, I just, like I said, I just got back from Vegas. Um, I, I see investing as, as gambling, but I think that investing is one of those things that if you know how to gamble, where to gamble and what to gamble on, you can be very successful for a long time. Uh, much like your, right, your mentor right. there. And you said Kip was his name? Kip. Yeah. Kip, Kip Pascal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a very similar experience and, and I guess the bummer about this thing is that I'm not a professional musician touring the country right now, but um, when I was in high school, I had a band and we recorded an album with a lady that was local and we got it. Pre I mean, we had stickers made and we spent night after night, like putting together jewel cases. Wait, what, what was the name of the band? Uh, the name of the band was sidetracked. Okay. Okay. And I mean, went right along well, with that. We were all smoking weed in the back of the class, right? <laughs> Literally sidetracked. Yes. Um, and, uh, we, we got the thing, you know, we made stickers for it back then. We were yeah. burning CDs. I know that most people listening to this probably don't know what CDs or burning CDs are. <laughs> Compact disc. Yeah, but uh, we, I mean, it took us, you know, easily we were spending 100 plus hours when putting that whole thing together, take mm -hmm. it to fill our lockers, try to sell it. And I was in band, you know, because I was a yeah, musician yeah. And, a, and a drummer and I played in the pep band and everything like that. And uh, I, when we finally got the album done, I was so excited to take it into my band teacher, who was also my football coach. And I hand it to him, Maestro, check this out, man. I'm so excited about this. And, of course, my whole band was with me at this time, standing around. He was listening to it. He was giving us, you know, hints and tricks with recording and stuff like that. And just really a, a good, wholesome conversation about our album. And then band was about to start. So all the rest of the guys in the band left to go to their class. And he walked into his office and he got a Sharpie and he hands it to me. And he goes, sign this. And I said, okay, but let me go take it to the rest of the guys real quick. They're just down the hall. Have them all sign it, you know, and uh, that's fine. And he goes, I don't want them to sign it. I want you to sign it. And I said, why? And he goes, because you're the only one out of all five of those guys that I think is going to be famous. So please sign my CD. Wow. And wow. I'm not famous, 
but you you're seeing you're sitting between two drum sets right now, and, right, and you right. know multiple thousands of dollars invested in in a craft that I. Uh, I took with me through college. The first thing I did when I got to the dorms at University of Oregon was was start a band, and those guys are still some of my best friends in the world. And so I might not be you know rich financially because of that experience in high school, but what I did was find lifelong friends out of the deal and something that you know it's a lot like golf. I can play the drums until I die. Yeah, and that yeah. is something for me that uh, you know I, I didn't think anything of it then. I laughed about it then. But as I look back on it now, so many years in the future, I think, wow, Maestro really did something for me there. Like he right, he right. he turned this thing on in my brain that said, "You can do this. You just need to do it." You know, and and uh, I I feel like high school teachers that make that kind of effort with certain students. I know they can't do it with every student, and don't even get me started about how underpaid these poor people are. Yeah, but. Yeah. It, when a high school teacher finds that light in a kid and can turn it on like that, there's really, I don't feel like there's much better that can happen to, to a kid in high school. Because if you, if you had a tough time in high school or you had a tough time in junior high, maybe you were bullied, you weren't an athlete, maybe you weren't popular. It, it is a litany of problems that you can have that can affect you in high school that are at, at home or at the school itself. And one teacher saying one thing that's at the right time to the right person can completely change the trajectory of somebody's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's amazing. And, and, you know, just to kind of touch on something you just said, because I never want people to feel bad or think that they didn't have enough talent. You know, the, the thing is, is hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. What sucks, and, and I mean that in the nicest way, what sucks about entertainment and the entertainment industry is that people always somehow try to equate talent with fame or talent with income. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, there, there's no, there's really not a lot of correlation. You know what the correlation is? I'm a good marketer. I'm a good businessman. When I was young, in my mind, I never said I wanted to be famous. I actually never said that. Really? I said, I want to make a lot of money doing what I like to do. So how do I do that? So, there's a lot of high paid entertainers out there that are not very well known because they've tapped the best markets for their, for what they do. That's mm -hmm. why I do corporate. Why do I do corporate? Because, because they pay they a got lot of money. money. They yeah. have budgets. Look, think about this, Marcus. You could be the greatest magician, illusionist in the world, in the world. And if you're not, if, if you either A, haven't found your, found your um, uh, Sharon Osborne or something, or, 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 or an agent that's going to, that's going to handle all the business for you or what, whatever, you get my point. Yeah. Then, then what, what do you, what do you have left? You know, it's like, you have to be, you have to be able to, 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 to hustle those better markets. So even if I'm the greatest magician, illusionist in the world, and I, and only birthday party moms know about me. What does that, even if I'm the best in the world, what does that market bear? Yeah, Maybe $500 a party tops yeah. Yeah. on a high end. Okay. Think about this. If a birthday, if, if let's say I'd work different markets, know your markets. If a birthday party mom called me up and said, Hey, I want you to come do my event. And I said, I'm $10,000. She'd be like, Oh my God, go F yourself and hang up. Okay. <laughs> If a corporate client calls me up and says, and they're a legit corporate client, and they go, how much are you to do this event? And I go, $500. They're going to hang up for a different reason. Right. They associate money with value. They've never hired somebody for $500. You, okay, think about this. We know that the Clintons, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, do you, do you know what they get paid 
for an hour speaking gig. Oh, it's six figures, isn't it? Three to 500K. Unbelievable. People don't know this, but private corporate events is how guys like David Letterman, guys like Jay Leno made a lot of their money. These guys would film their show during the day, hop on a plane, go to a corporate event at night, and be back to do their show the next day. That's amazing. Okay? They would make, because... Corporate speaking gigs, you know, Peyton Manning will get paid, you know, 150K to step up on stage and talk about leadership for an hour at the Edward Jones National Convention. Okay. <laughs> I have rubbed elbows with crazy corporate entertainment. I mean, we're talking stuff where I wasn't even allowed to attend. You know, I've done, wow. I've done events and, and, and I'm not going to name the company. It's not, I, I'm not going to say it because I, I, I do sign NDAs sometimes. Sure. Even for myself, I'm not going to name the company, but a very large, well-known company. I'll never forget. I did this GM conference in Orlando and, uh, they, uh, uh, the, the evening event, there was only going to be of the 2,500 GMs that were there from around the country. Okay. Uh, for these, these different stores, I'll just say. They were only going to take like the top like 400 out of them. And they, they had a private show that night. They're at the hotel just outside. And it was Lady Gaga. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I've, se I've seen insane court. And you know, you know why you don't hear about it? Because everybody's signing NDAs. Right. Nobody's allowed to talk about it. The GMs aren't allowed to talk about it because they, this company has shareholders. They don't want them seen like, hey, you know, just just in case. You don't want to be seen spending money like that. Okay. Sure. But it's what they do. The corporate market is a thing that 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 you you know needs to be tapped into. So once again, I'm a good salesperson. I tapped into these markets that I said pay the best. When I first started, I was doing restaurants for little to no money. I was you know, uh, doing little birthday parties for little to no money. I just, I just learned, figured out markets to work. So even you and your band, even though let's say you guys didn't get famous, even you and your band, I know bands that work the fair circuit that work corporate events that are really good at selling themselves that make really good money. They're just not very well known per right. se. Right. So it's like, it's kind of like, what do you want out of it? And even at a young age, I just thought, I think it would be really cool to make a lot of money doing what I like to do. Let's just leave it at that. It's like, okay, well, go try to figure that out. You know what I mean? Going after fame is not the end all be all. Right. You know, because what is fame? What, why do people actually want fame? What comes of fame? Money. You know, money. that's what they think. You know? Yeah. So, do you really want fame, fame? Do you want to not be able to leave your house fame? Like, just like, what kind of fame do you really want? Be careful what you wish for. I mean, sure. you, know, you talk to a lot of people that are like, I wish I could just live my life. You know, I can't go anywhere without an entourage. You know, J Jennifer Aniston has to leave her house with three SUVs going three different directions. Right. You know that, right? Because oh, the paparazzi is yeah. that bad. It's like, be it's careful. Do you, what, what do you really want? Do you want money? You know, do you want fame? Do you want, do you really want both? I mean, come on. Yeah. And I mean, look, some people are cut out for fame. Some Absolutely. people are the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? When you, when you see those people, they're the ones that you go, okay, that might be why I'm not cut out for this is because what that person just went through and came out smiling from would probably have me kicking holes in the wall. You know, I mean that like you're talking about yeah. be always being guarded. You know, I'm, I try with this podcast not to read the comments, but the comments get to you. You know, <laughs> oh, you can't you can't keep oh. it at arm's uh, length forever because you know people Ugh. will just reach out. Like some of, some of you people have my goddamn phone number, and you'll call <laughs> me and tell me what you think I did wrong. So <laughs> that's texting all hours of the night. <laughs> yeah. You suck, Marcus. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I, I gotta rethink setting this thing out at Monday at eight a.m. because that sometimes that's when they start, and I'm not up yet. <laughs> So. Like, let, let's let's wait till eleven, okay? Let's you know, ting ting ting. Like your phone's just blowing up. Comment that's, after comment. That's great, man. And you know, it's funny because you say like, well, what kind of fame are you? Do you want the fame? Do you want the money? What are you What are you looking for? It's like 
you you're saying that you've rubbed elbows with some people. Like you have a, a review on your website from Yardley Smith, who did the voice of Lisa oh, Simpson. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also has an uber popular podcast. And that was oh, a party yeah. that she just threw. Oh, yeah. A birthday party for her partner. Um I mean, look, how much more famous can you get than person who voiced Lisa Simpson? Like, okay, Bart, maybe, but that's like apples and oranges kind of, you know? I and, know, right? Right. Uh, well, did, and did you see, so, so I met, you know, there's, there's a, uh, speaking of website, there's, there's a picture of me on there with uh, Carrie Washington, the, the actress from Scandal. Okay. Okay. I did some stuff for her, uh, for that, that was, uh, one, an, another event where I, uh, <clears throat> she's a spokes, uh, person for, uh, Neutrogena. So one of my big clients that I've done a lot of work for over the years is uh, Johnson and Johnson. So, oh, okay. you know, Ulta, those Ulta beauty stores, yep. that, you know, every, every female listener oh, knows yeah. Ulta beauty, right? I got a wife. Don't uh, worry. Yeah, yeah, I, you I know, know what's about up. It. There's one over here at, the, <laughs> at the, our local mall, obviously, but, uh, uh, every year they'd bring me out for, for a, a big event in Orlando. They, they did it multiple years. And, and, and one year there was Jennifer Aniston was there. I didn't actually get to meet her, uh, because she was at a different time thing than my segment was, but, Got to meet and do some stuff for Kerry Washington, but one of the coolest gigs I've I've got was working on uh, the show The Librarians, uh, and uh, Jonathan, uh, the director is Jonathan. Uh, I'm blanking on his last name. He's right. He was Riker. Oh, number one from okay. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Right, gotcha. That, he's the the director for the librarians. A lot of people don't know that, but okay. that's that's who that is. He was Commander no, Number One, you know, yeah, Riker. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't a huge Trekkie, but I was more of a Star Wars guy. But uh, we're just I, dating I, ourselves. That's just, all. Yeah, it's, it's all good, kids. <laughs> uh, like, what Star Trek? Uh, don't so, worry about it. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, but, you know, uh, the, I, I got brought in to not only play. I had to go audition, but I got into to play a small role in in the show in this episode on season three. But one of the coolest things was that not only did I get brought in as a small part on the episode, I got brought in, brought in as a magic consultant to teach Sean Astin magic. Sean Astin, i.e., Mikey from the Goonies, okay. Rudy, Rudy, goddamn Rudy. Rudy. Uh, how about <laughs> his most famous role, though? Samwise uh, Gamgee. Yep, there we go. Yeah, there my we go. wife is a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, if I yeah. wouldn't have gotten first and last name, she'd have stepped on my toe later. Oh my God! Yeah. So <laughs> I have to tell you guys a cu- just a couple quick things. So first of all, Sean Astin is the coolest guy ever. That's he's great. got he's got three kids, three three daughters, and uh, it was really fascinating hanging out with him. So basically, literally, this was my gig. I had to just know my lines. I had to go do a couple shoots, but they they put me up in his trailer. They said you're just you know he has his own little little private little trailer on set there because it was shot. This episode was shot at Oaks Park in Portland because it the, the scene is like a creepy nighttime like carnival scene. Basically, Sean Astin's character plays this this uh, this magician who. Uh, became a magician, but when he was younger, a magician stole his girlfriend. So he, it was like a love-hate thing with okay. magic, and the librarians have to catch, figure out who's killing people or whatever. Like he's using his powers to do bad stuff, right? Supposedly, okay. So <laughs> I had to teach him some basic basic stuff. They wanted him to hang out with a magician for a day. So I basically did a bunch of magic for for Sean all day, and we just like hung out. We just hung out in his trailer. We got to know each other. I taught him a bunch of fun stuff, and here's the coolest thing. His daughters kind of range in ages. I can't remember all the ages, but, you know, this is, I want to say, four or five years ago, and they were they were younger up to, like, you know, may, maybe the oldest is like it was like 12 or 11 or 12 or something like that. Well, he was so stoked on learning some basic stuff because he's like, wow, my daughters are going to think I'm cool again, and I'll just <laughs> never forget 
I went to go get grab some food. So so first of all, we went to the, the to one of the uh, I think our dinner. You know, they serve everybody dinner that's on set. And you know, if you ever heard about these uh, uh, these you know on loc off you know on location shoots, they just bring in the best catering and I mean anything you want. It's just nuts. I mean it's it's awesome. Okay, but here's the funniest thing. Sean Astin is taking me around to the different tables where some of the different actors, actresses are from the show, extras, everything. And he's bragging about me. He's like, you guys got to meet this guy. Dude, can you do that one thing for him real quick? <laughs> he's like, he's like taking me around and showing me off. Okay. He's super into magic. Like he didn't really know he was, but he really, really is like in actual legit stuff. So I had taught him a couple basic things. Uh, uh, there's one trick in, in particular called the magic coloring book. And it's a self-working trick. It's great for kids because if you can, you can do the trick if you can like flip through the pages of a book and it's this gimmicked little coloring book, but it looks like this book is blank on every page to begin with. Then all the, all the drawings kind of come to life. Like, and, the, and then all the colors in, in the drawings come to life. Like it's like a three phase, really visual bit. Like if you don't know how it works, it's like even adults are like, wow, what the hell? Like yeah. it looks, it looks crazy. Okay. <laughs> even though it's self-working. So I get taught him that and gave him one of those. I go, I, I, I went to go do something. I had to do wardrobe or something. And I go to go back to his trailer. I'll never forget, as I'm walking up to the trailer, he's standing there on the steps that go into his little trailer, and he has a few people gathered around, extras, <laughs> and he's sitting there performing these tricks that I've taught him, and he's getting the biggest kick out of it. He doesn't have to do that. He's just like, hey, let me show you guys something. Hey, let me show you guys something. I have Sean Astin walking around doing magic for extras. And like and anybody and anybody that'll watch. He just wants to go perform. He's a performer. He's like, I want to go, I want to go show off my new tricks. <laughs> So here's Sean Astin, you know, Sam Wise, I mean, Rudy, you yeah. know, Mikey from the Goonies walking around doing magic for people that I taught him. That's amazing. Yeah, That's it, was, amazing. it was crazy. It was just crazy. Uh, how cool of a story is that? And it, you yeah. know what? I think the best part about it is is probably hearing that he's such a nice guy and that, that sounds like kind of not... I don't want to say the life of the party because I don't know I don't know you know that deep, but it sounds like he's kind of one of those affable people that everybody on set is more than willing to sit down and chat with or or give him the time. Like, all right, yeah, I don't care about magic, but I'll watch Sean Aston do it, you know, or something like that. So I love it, man. That's great. I love hearing the stories about celebrities that are not celebrity like in their normal life. They're just like normal people, you know. Right, right. Well, he was, and he was also on uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, for all the huge. I, I, I mean, I mean, ma massive uh, uh, the Netflix show. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners have watched that. In case you don't know who Sean Astin is, but uh, <laughs> no. And one inter interesting thing to talk about, just to wrap up, kind of in touch on what we said earlier. You know, people that are listening, wondering how they're going to pivot after this pandemic, or s wondering how they can maybe you know use what they already do and find a new market or find a new way of maybe earning income off skills they already have. A lot of people are transitioning right now. We're we're seeing a huge shift in the workforce. People are quitting. Maybe I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, you're going to make me come back to work? Never mind. I'm going to do something else. Well, Sean Astin, you want to know how he makes a lot? And, and, and hopefully hopefully, I don't get in trouble for talking about this. I don't know why I would. Sean, if you're listening, I love you, man. You're great. Uh, if, you, if you're listening, Sean, we'd love to have you on. Please come back. I'll even bring hard. He can do yeah, tricks for perfect. you while you it's do perfect. the podcast. All right. Might, might, might take a bigger bottle of Tito's, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll find it. We'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. I'll take a second uh, mortgage out on this house if Sean Astin yeah. gets to this man room. Seriously. That'd be awesome. So, uh, but basically you know, I never thought about this. He has found markets to, you know, to, to, to leverage and earn him a lot of income. And one thing that he does is, uh, uh, comic cons. Oh yeah. Because he was, 
Sam Wise. Yeah. So what he'll do is he'll he'll book a bunch of these appearances at these at these different comic cons or even around the world. That's where he makes a lot of his money. And then he does all these extra things while he's there. It's like, oh, oh, you can get your picture above it. So 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 not only do they have to pay him to be there and he'll and he'll be part of the Comic Con convention, right? Whatever or in whatever's going on, but he'll do all these extra things. He's like, he joked with me. He's like, yeah, he's like, my my hand hurts after I sign my name on this thing 500 times, but he's like, that's how I'm putting two of my daughters through college and just like I was like, that's cool. <laughs> that's you know, awesome. it's like so he's he's leveraging what what he does is, is as well in different ways. That's you know, amazing. Th- ways that we don't think about. But we couldn't do that, but but some, at the same yeah. time he's that's how he's leveraging, you know. Well, and it's just a good example of of not maybe you're not doing the thing that's right down the middle for what you do. Maybe it's you know Comic Con. That's a that's a fan access thing. You want to talk about growing right. your fan base? Sit down right. on a panel and answer some questions that they've been dying to ask. I mean, right. I would like to know how much this Game of Thrones actors made over eight years in their Comic Con stints because oh. the oh, the man. fan like the the fans that were already there because of the books, and then the TV audience yeah. that blew up on HBO. It's like. Dude, these people are are Star Wars nerds just from a different era, you know, a different or a different lane, basically. And I think that's awesome, man. I, I really I love hearing stories like that once again because it's it opens people's eyes to the fact that look, Sean Astin doesn't make all of his money just for appearing on screen. He's got he's right. got a large chunk of income that comes from something that most people probably don't even know he does, you right, know. And right. that's that's amazing. So and and, and a lot a lot of appearances on 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 smaller shows, you know, I. I, I, I was privy to what some people were being paid and it's not it's not sometimes as much as you might think for those a single episode or just you know of, of, of a multi-episode season of a bigger show that has a lot of bigger actors and actresses mm-hmm. so it's it, you got to find it somewhere yeah, you yeah, got to find work somewhere absolutely and I, I have to touch on this because I wrote it down here and circled yeah. it um, the first time I actually saw you before I ever met you for radio, I was working at Applebee's and you were coming through Applebee's on West 11th in Eugene doing a, a, a nightly show. And I never worked nights because I always wanted to go to the donkey show. So I worked days. Yeah. I had to switch to shift with somebody and yeah. you were in there that night and I never got to see anything cause we were so busy, but, um, yeah, man, people loved it. Like the, the, yeah. the restaurant was never that excited as when you were there. <laughs> right, I know right. I worked Something's there. Going on. Yeah. yeah. We yelled and, a lot at each other. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would, I would, you know, go table to table, literally table side roaming entertainment. And I mean, re- a restaurant, uh, you know, I, I don't think that anybody should be allowed to, uh, I, okay. I'll, I'll say it like this. I have never met a good magician or mentalist that has not done one of these three things. Worked in a magic shop, worked as a magic bartender or Hustled restaurants, done restaurants. And here's why. Repetition. Okay. Reps, yeah. reps, reps. Just you know, like anything ten, else, right? 10,000 hours to mastery, they say, right? Yeah. What? Why is Tiger Woods good at golf? Because he played a lot of golf. Yep. Michael, you know, yes, there's natural ability. Okay, okay. We're not all built like LeBron James, but you know what? LeBron James was has always been the hardest worker in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's reps, reps, reps. And you know what a restaurant forces you to do? Rep it out. Oh yeah. Week in and week out. You're you're each of my restaurant gigs, I had both Applebee's restaurants and then I had a place called the sushi station yep. in, in Eugene there. Um love that and, place, and, by and, the way. And I did two, a two hour shift at each place. So that's six hours of of for sure work a week where you know you're going to be repping. You're doing a lot of the same tricks, the same bits, the same things over and over again. And that's what that's what most 
most of it takes is reps. You just over and doing it over and over again, like anything else. It, it's funny. You, we brought up Bruce Lee earlier because of your because of your uh, your mentor there, Kip, right. uh, your your Spanish teacher. Uh, quote from him: that I might mess this up, but I fear not the guy that's practiced ten thousand kicks once, but the guy that's practiced one kick ten thousand times. Yes, and that's yes. that's exactly what you're talking about: is is honing yes. your not just honing your you know hi, Tiger. You think about it when we go out and play golf. I'm working on drives, chips, putts, you know, I'm going mid irons, long irons. I'm hitting everything. Tiger's out there doing 10,000 three foot putts. That's yep. a, and you know, yep. how Absolutely. do you have Absolutely. the time? No, I don't have the time Absolutely. or the patience. And that's why I golf as a weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and, and that's the whole thing. It's just, it's, it's all about the reps, you know? So the, the restaurants were, were, were really good because it was like getting paid to advertise what I do. So here's that was kind of, you know, when I went full time into this, that, that's a scary thing. So I, I was in boat sales. I sold boats for Staff Jennings Boating Centers in, here in Eugene. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when 2008 hit, you know, I was doing a couple restaurants. I was doing an Applebee's restaurant. I was doing a restaurant called Wyatt's in Albany. And uh, they paid me, you know, week in and week out to come in and, and, and uh, you know, entertain their their uh, their guests. Uh, so when, when everything went belly up in 2008, I said, I'm going to try to pursue this full time. So I picked up a, a couple more restaurant gigs and... Each restaurant paid me $100 for two hours of work. Okay, I, I, I didn't solicit tips. I, I said I would not solicit tips. I didn't mean I didn't accept them. I didn't solicit them. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's professional. I think it should, it should be compliments to the restaurant. And I let guests know that. I would still get tips or whatever, but that's the whole thing. So uh, if you do the math, okay, I got $100 for each each uh, restaurant for two hours of work. So let's say 50, 50 an hour, just, but just for those two hours. And then the sushi station paid me 150 for two hours, okay? It was a little bit better gig. Now, that adds up. You're doing that week in, week out. It doesn't add up in the sense like you're getting rich, but if you're trying to build a business, how nice is it to have about $1,300 without tips and without all the meals they would give me when I was working there, mm -hmm. $1,300 a month base income. When I was working in boat sales, I was a salesperson. Okay, it's a commission gig, but you know what we still got? We got a 900, because you're there eight to five every day. Right. Okay, or you know, five days a week. So I still got... A like a little nine hundred dollars stipend, like base income. You're not living on that. It's a commission job, but they still gave you base income because there's going to be months that are a little bit thinner than other months. You yeah, know, especially in boat sales in exactly. Oregon. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we sold hot tubs and stuff as well. But okay. You get the point. It's yeah. a lot slower in the winter. You had to it's feast and famine, right? Uh -huh. Um. So I I had this salesperson training and background. So I said I'm going to treat this new job. Like my, like it's a sales job, rah. okay. So I, I, I had the restaurant gigs. I said I'm getting paid a bigger base income than I'm getting paid in boat sales. Now go out and learn how to sell and book other events. So I was just a whore. I would take every gig that came my way, a couple hundred bucks, cool. You know what I mean? I'd get what I can. You know what I mean? I just would hustle. But people would see me in the restaurant. And they'd say, Hey, you'd be really good at my so and so. I'm back. Okay, sounds good. Write down your information. I'll call you. I wouldn't, oh, I'd give them a business card, but I'd get their information. Like, yeah. a, like a salesperson and call them, you know what right. I mean? Like follow up with them. Like, are you hiring me or not? You know? <laughs> so I was just, I was hungry, you know, and yeah. I treated, I don't know if I could do that now. I'm more established now, but when those, those first years, I was just hungry. And I remember probably seven, uh, I'm going to probably say probably seven years ago or so, six, seven years ago. I stopped doing restaurants and that was a really big moment because I realized that I didn't need that crutch anymore. I had enough clients. I had, I, I had my 
hand around online advertising enough, you know, marketing, okay, networking, blah, 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 all the things that, with all the markets I do, I felt like I had a grasp on it that I didn't need to go grind those restaurants because in the end I didn't, I was over the restaurants. I'd been doing restaurants for, you know, 10 to 12 years or however long that was. Wow. Cause I was doing them before I went full time. I right. were like my part-time gig. Uh-huh. So I was doing that on the set. It's like a, my side hustle, you know? So I was burned out on restaurants. I remember I used to look forward to the restaurants. I mean, I, I loved, I love this shit, you know? So I was like, I look forward to my restaurant gigs. And I, toward the end there, I was like, ugh, I don't want to go hustle and do this crap for two to three hours, you know? Sure, sure. But the restaurants were, were huge at the beginning. I, I it, like literally getting paid to advertise what, what I did. Yeah. It's yeah. great, man. And, yeah. and you know, I, <laughs> I love that years. Like, I'm, I don't know that I would do that now, but it, it's, you know, I, I have some stand up co- uh, comedians on the show. I had Craig gas on and I was talking to him actually off the, the mic and um, he, I told him, you know, yeah, I'm getting back into doing a little bit of stand-up. And he goes, every mic, every single one, it doesn't matter if you hate it. It doesn't matter if all they want to do is fight you. Every single one of them, and it's the same thing you're talking about. You're yeah. you're out there not only honing your craft, Ugh. but marketing yeah. yourself as a person that can stand up to this. And you never know who's in the audience. You just never yeah. know who you're walking up to. Um, and, so- and, and repping it out. Like, I mean, and, and we know this about comedians. I mean, you have to have a place or places, many of them, to be bad. Yep. Where you have to have a place to be bad. I still make mistakes. I still mess up, you know, but I, I mean, I remember just being, you know, making awful mistakes. Uh, you know, I remember I actually did a, con- you know, years ago, I want to say probably I, I was doing actually more comedy clubs because they would book me to break it up. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they'd book you, book me as a headliner because they said, well, you know, he, we, 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 he, he can, we know he can entertain this crowd. He won't be maybe be as funny as them. And there was a lot of times I'd be funnier than some of the comedians because my stuff is more situational. I'm just messing with people right. and, 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 and going off of what they say. And, and it's like this, this res- reciprocal type act, right? Uh-huh. It's a very different type of act. And they, they would bomb sometimes and I do really great. But, uh, I remember I was working this comedy club, uh, 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 the green room. Remember the green room, right? I remember the yeah. green room yeah, well. The green room. <laughs> I remember I was uh, uh, opening for a uh, Frank King, and uh, uh, a friend of mine, and uh, I went to do this opener where I uh, I break a balloon and 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 produce a, a like a bottle of wine out of thin air. Okay, and this is this is literally. I mean, this has to be uh, oh like 10, 10 to twelve years ago. Yeah. And on my opener, I use a like a sharpened cork puller to pop the the balloon because it's kind of fitting because it's a bottle of wine. Right. I go to pop the balloon and I stab myself in the hand. Like oh, no. deep, like deep, like my opening bit, like, hi guys, <laughs> you know, first off, I'm going to stab myself in the hand and there's blood everywhere. I'm holding my hand above my head. Some nice woman in the front goes and gets me like bandages. That's how I opened my set. <laughs> I'm sure I just that, stabbed myself in the hand. And, People are just so confused. I know a comedy crowd too. That woman is the only one that didn't think it was part of the bit. She's like, yeah. I think he's bleeding really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. This is some Chris Angel shit. I think he's going to heal himself like Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, this is not part of the act. Man, that is great. That is great. Well, uh, check it out. First of all, because I haven't mentioned it yet, and I'm sorry, heartkeen.com. H-A-R-T-K-E-E-N-E.com. There will be a link in the description. I will put all the socials up there. I will make sure that the website's up there. Uh, there's also something else that I found while perusing the annals of YouTube here recently uh, where you blew our minds on the donkey show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was funny because I was listening to, we talked about Yardley Smith who did the uh, the review for you on your website, which you can watch that over there. Um, did the voice of Lisa Simpson. She said something very poignant that I agreed with and also disagreed with at the same time. <laughs> 
She said, he blew my mind and I, do, I don't want to know how. And I'm absolutely 100% <laughs> in agreement except for once. And you'll see if you look around the man room here, there's some, there's some San Francisco 49er me uh, memorabilia as well. And uh, born in 1984, this guy right here, I was a San Francisco 49er fan from the get-go. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Steve Young in the works. You came into the show... Uh, Super Bowl 47. It was 2013, and the 49ers were playing the Ravens. Now, if you weren't a fan of the Donkey Show back in the day, one of the things that we did was a ridiculously punishing Super Bowl bet every single year. I took yeah. a I took a bong hit of body hair. Uh, one of our guys got one of our guys got rolled in molasses and oats and licked clean by a donkey. I mean, <laughs> well, I was just threw it in my mouth with that part. I I forgot about that. The the bong hit of body hair. Like I I almost just oh god I almost bleh. so. There was a lot riding on this particular Super Bowl for me because Donkey Show Super Bowl bet was obviously going to be very punishing. And my my childhood team, the team that I've rooted for my entire life, was playing. And your trick was to basically hand us a sealed envelope on Friday before the game. Oh. You came back in on Monday. We opened that envelope, and sure enough, you had the score written down, and nobody was in the studio over the weekend. We that that's absolutely you had to have a key card to get in, and nobody came in. <laughs> in that envelope was not only the winner of the game, but the score of the game. The only thing you didn't write is that the lights were going to go out at halftime or whenever they did. That's right. That's um, right. And it, it it was amazing. Blew my mind once again. But all I wanted to know is, is like, if you could have let me know before Sunday so I could have padded my own blow, I would have been so blacked out by the time halftime came around that I wouldn't <laughs> have remembered the end of the game, which was a heartbreaker in and of it itself. double so. blackout that day for Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Lights went out and blackout. But that's where I wanted to get to with you. And we, by the way, I'll link those YouTube videos in the description as well so you can watch those because they're awesome and there's more than one. Uh, you pulled a bunch of needles out of your throat in oh, another yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll and put you're links a great there. host. I got I got I got to say, uh, you know, um, when, when we think about hosts, that's that's an interesting thing uh, is you 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 always want to have a good host and a good host. If you have a good illusionist mentalist on your show and something's not quite right or you notice something, you know, that's not the time to call somebody out. And I'm not saying any of you guys saw anything. Who knows? I don't it doesn't matter. But I will say this. Joe Rogan, okay, who has a, 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 some of you might have heard of his podcast. I think he has a podcast. I think, I think I it's mean, called the Joe Rogan. Is it the Joe Rogan Adventure? Uh, adventure, it's the adventure, adventure, the Joe Rogan, yeah. something. Uh, it's a tiny little podcast. He makes zero money with it. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a phase. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll grow out of it soon. He's not affecting change in the United States with that podcast or anything right now. Uh, so. But if you want it, did you ever? Have you ever seen? or watched his podcast with Banachek? No, I have. No, Would wait, is Banachek the, the guy that was uh, basically said, give me a million dollars, or I'll give you a million dollars if you can prove it right or wrong? Was that the guy? Who's Banachek? Well, he talks about that. Okay. He talks about that. If you haven't watched it or listened to it, you guys, first of all, Joe Rogan knows, so I, I uh, 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 Steve, uh, I'm blanking out. Um, he goes by Banachek. His his real name is uh, Steve. Steve, I, I I know him. Uh, uh, God, why am I blanking out? Anyway, uh, whatever. He goes by Banachek. That's like a stage name, right? But he's a very well known, wonderful mentalist. Okay, he's written multiple books. I respect him immensely. Okay, just see, so just so the listeners understand this, Marcus, the guy is great. He consulted for Chris Angel for like the first three seasons of like Mind Freak. The guy is an incredible mentalist, like uh, highly respected. Okay. 
Joe Rogan already knew him. <clears throat> Joe Rogan had all already seen him do stuff. But here, and, the, and by the way, the podcast is wonderful. Banachek gets into, um, oh, Steve Shaw. Steve Shaw is his, normal, his, his name. Steve gotcha. Shaw, but he goes by Banachek. He gets it. It's worth listening to because he exposes faith healers. Okay. Oh, yeah, I and, do and remember do that. that episode? Yes, okay. so good. But here's when the episode gets really uncomfortable, and it bothers me that it's like, Joe Rogan, come on, man, like, be a better host. Just just be a good host, okay? Banachek goes to do some stuff for him at the end of the show, to the end of the show, and he just... He just, he caught some things. He just calls him out on the show. In front of millions and millions and millions. millions it was a bit, I just was like, you know what I mean? Like if you watch it, I mean, we're talking, he calls him out on two or three separate things. It's like, wow. boy, and I will, I do agree. I will say this, the material that Banachek chose, I thought that it was weak. I thought that he should have chose some better material for Joe Rogan. No, just knowing the setup, he's sitting right across from you. Be Just be more more uh, aware. And Joe's you know, a very inquisitive person to begin with. Absolutely, yeah. That's why he's but, fun to listen to. But, you know, you, you know, you, uh, you know, he's also, he's also not going to, I think, react, you know, as, as well to it. Uh, I think, I, I loved doing the show, you know, with you and uh, uh, Drew because you guys, you're a good host with with illusionists, with with mentalists, like with guys like with 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 what I do. Yeah, uh, you guys react strongly, and you're having a good time. What the heck? you know? Uh, some 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 hosts are too proud to react strongly. Jay Leno was never a good host. Some one of the best hosts, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. I oh, think yeah. Ellen is a wonderful host because she just like you know Johnny. There, there's very few people that can just look at the camera like Johnny Carson would do, and David Letterman and Ellen DeGeneres, where they can just be freaked out and look at the camera and it says it all. And Johnny Carson was a wonderful host. So people don't know this, but he was a fort, uh, former part-time professional magician. So Johnny Carson had on countless, countless magicians and mentalists. And one one crazy thing is that he had on uh, Yuri Geller, uh-huh. who was the famous Israeli mentalist. And Carson was this good of a host, just, just to give you an idea. He got a hold of Yuri Geller before he came out of the show, and he said, hey, I understand that you came over here from Israel. This is back in the 70s. Older listeners will remember who Yuri Geller was. You can still look him up on, on the web. Uh, he claimed to have real powers, and he was this young, good-looking Israeli man, and he was doing really good mentalism, metal bending, stopping watches, all this cool shit, right? And uh, people thought it was a real deal. He fooled Harvard scientists because they're not mentalists. They're not magicians. So uh, Johnny Carson basically reached out to them beforehand and said, hey, look, I know you're an entertainer. I have a background in this stuff. He said, if, if, you, if you just come clean with me and you tell me that you're an entertainer, you're not the real deal, I'll be cool with you on the show. Like, I'll, I, your secret's safe with me. And Yuri Geller would not come clean with Carson beforehand. Wow. So Carson got a hold of the amazing James Randi, who Banachek brings up in the show that you listen to, that had the million-dollar standing to any person that could prove to them that they had real... Psychic, psychic abilities. Power, yeah. Okay, and then Professor Ray Hyman, who was here at the, who is here or was here, he's very old now. He's one of my mentors as well. Was a professor of psychology here at the University of Oregon and mentalist. So he Carson brought those two in to consult before Yuri Geller came on to safe proof everything. If you look up the clip of Yuri Geller on Johnny Carson to this day, Yuri Geller's powers just aren't working that day for some reason. Because they safeguarded everything. Wow. So, yeah. so That's Carson, amazing. Carson was a good host. He just didn't want to be taken advantage of, supposedly. You he know? wanted to be but, on the level yeah, with you. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you, you and, you and uh, Drew were, were wonderful hosts. Uh, it, it takes, you, you want to be on shows that have good hosts. So that was one thing with, with Rogan. I thought that was just kind of like, uh, dude, he should have been a little cooler to Banachek. You well, know? That's, look, I, I've said it before on this program. Uh, mentioning me in the same breath as Joe Rogan is just 
probably a giant mistake, but take that, Rogan. I'm a better host than you because yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call out these tricks for anything <laughs> other than blowing my mind. And, uh, you know, I, I only asked my guests for, for an hour and change, and we're getting close to that right oh, now. Yeah. So um, I'm going to switch my cameras here so that we get a really good look at this. And uh, you've brought some stuff for us today, right? Well, yeah, stuff. I mean, a, a couple of things that I thought we might need, you know, a deck of cards. Bottle uh, of vodka. Bottle of vodka, make that disappear. <laughs> so, hey, since you're sitting over there, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're seeing all this now. Let's uh, let's just try something across the way. Okay. Just across the way, because you're you're a little ways away from me. Yes. So uh, we're just going to do this with our, with without, well, I guess we'll do it pandemic style. Okay. All right. Socially <laughs> distanced. So I like it. Just via camera. You can see me. I can see you. Yes. The viewers can see me. So we're going to try something. Right before I uh, drove over here, I, I made a little prediction. I just want to see how I did. So are we able to see this right now? Yeah, I don't yeah. Want to, you're on. And you're going to keep me honest, but I don't want the, the, this deck of cards to go out of you. So I made a prediction. Marcus, you got to help me with this. And first off, Marcus, we had nothing set up. I know we said you're a good host, but he's not that good of a host. He's not going <laughs> to. He's not in on anything. Let's put it that way. No, I am not. Uh, I do my to, homework without talking to all my guests, yeah, just like yeah. I have in the past. So that's perfect. I can I can I can tell you you do your homework for sure. So we're going to try this, Marcus. I made a prediction right before I came over here. Uh, I'm going to snap my fingers. Okay. I want you to let one card, because I know you're a card player. He's a gambler. We've been over this, folks. He's yeah, a gambler. I love it. I want you to let one card pop into your mind, right? Boom. Now. Did you feel that, by the way? I, I, I did, just That's a little. That's the Pelican. Okay. That's the Pelican. Right, yeah. feeling. <laughs> I, am, I am more than halfway. So but One card popped in your mind. Now, it, it wasn't the Ace of Spades, was it? No. Didn't think so. That's why I made a prediction. What card popped in your mind when I snapped my fingers? It's always been my favorite one. That's the Three of Clubs. Three of clubs. That's weird. Is it? That's really weird. <laughs> I, I have Marcus, a feeling I know why. Marcus, you got to keep me honest here. Okay, you got to keep me honest here. Look, I'll be I'll be very fair about this. Sure. Look, face down in this deck. Okay. Is one card just so everybody at home can actually see this? There's one card face down in the deck. Marcus had a free choice. Yes, I did. I'll be very fair about this. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I, oh, my God, dude. I just... And yes, okay, my my reaction is 100% genuine. <laughs> that deck, I didn't even see it until you just lifted it up right there. Right, right. And every, I keep everything in full view. He didn't have to... I mean, everything's very fair. You'll see if you're watching this at home. Uh, but let's 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 take this a little further. We'll, we'll, we'll try this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try it anyway. Um I'm pretty feeble-minded. It's probably going to work. No, no, we'll do this, and then we'll take it, and then we'll take the odds up a little bit higher. How, how, how much time? How, how are we doing? Oh, we're we're fine. We can go as long as you're uh, willing to. So we'll, we'll do this. We'll just we'll just try this uh, once again. I'm gonna. I want to be very fair about this, Marcus. We had nothing set up. Nothing. Because we're doing all this stuff with you, so they're going to think you're in on this crap. I, I seriously, <laughs> am not, I wouldn't have had him in here if I was going to be in on it because I know how good <laughs> this he is. is okay? like, this, that would be boring exactly. for you. Like I got better <laughs> shit to do. Uh, so I want you to think of a number for me in between one and a hundred. Just say it in your mind a couple times. Look at me for a moment. Just say it in your mind. A couple more times. Just the number. Got it. I'm gonna go with this. Okay. I'm gonna just 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 so I keep this fair. Just so this is fair, I'll I'll set the the pin's just sitting right on his thigh. It might be a little bit out of the camera, the, but yeah. the it's it's not a magic I wanna, pin. I, I won't hit your I won't hit your your stuff or anything. I wrote down uh, one number. Okay. One number. I, one one number. I don't know. I, I'm not sure they can see this, but I wrote down a number. I want to see how I did. What number did you merely think of? 34. 34. Out of all the choices, you thought of 34. Yep. 
It's really odd because remember I told you I wrote down a number a second ago. It's exactly what I got. <laughs> Thirty-four. <laughs> no, it's I, I, I intentionally tried to trick you by picking another three because I figured you would go away from that. That was, and I didn't move. I mean, I was sitting here on camera too. I'm also I'm on a smaller camera right now. I'm in an inlay, but you can look at me. Um, I didn't. I, it wasn't like I mouthed it to you or anything like that. No, this is no, the, no. This is the mentalist part of this your, is the, of yeah, your this act. Is, this is the men, a little bit of mentalism. Uh, I here, am we'll, so. We'll, we'll, we'll do something, dude. Mm. Let's let's try this. Uh, What's crazy we'll, about we'll this? My here. wife is downstairs right now. She has no idea this is happening. <laughs> and when I come downstairs, I'm going to be like, "What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Rubik's uh, cubes? Yeah, couple, couple Rubik's cubes here. Well, well here, uh, Marcus is taking one of the cubes. Marcus, just mix that up for us. So right now, folks, Marcus is is mixing up. His cube, got a how, couple couple cubes here. How cool would that be if I accidentally did it and just oh, like accident? You know, have you ever just, solved one of these, Marcus? No, no. You know I, why? Because why? you have a life. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. I'm not Rain Man either. Yeah, There's exactly. no chance. All right, we're mixed up. Good. I did that all on camera in front of my face. So okay. So here. you want it back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I just want everybody to see at home. This this thing is mixed here. We'll kind of straighten it out here a little bit. So, folks at home, you can see he has mixed this cube. Now, Marcus, are you a mathematician by any chance? <laughs> uh, no, that is by far my worst subject. Okay, do you know how many possible combinations there are that you could have mixed this cube by any chance? Oh, not even close. It's 42 quintillion. So, even if you took two cubes and you mixed them together side by side, okay, you're for your whole life, like 85 years mixing two cubes side by side, the odds of one side matching is astronomical because there's 42 quintillion possible combinations. Right. That's what's crazy. Well, Marcus just mixed his cube. You saw him mix it up. I mixed my cube right before we, right before I came here today. Uh -huh. Kind of almost like a, a prediction, if you will, a random prediction. Now, here's here's what I don't understand is why we have what one. What is going on? There's that's, no way. Dude. That's one side matching, Marcus. I just did that in the camera, and what'd you say? Something odd quintillion? That's not that's, even a number that's, that that's, I knew about. That's one side matching. That's that's crazy. But Marcus, that's that's two sides matching. What in the fuck, dude? Oh my god. That's two sides. There's no way. You're not going to keep going with sides. this because I'm losing my mind. Marcus, that's that's three sides. God actually. damn it. <laughs> Jesus, man. Every that's, time. That's three sides. My blood pressure, bro. Here's what's here's what's here's what's crazy. That's 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 four sides oh matching. If, if you're God, keeping score, dude. if you're keeping score, that's four sides. You can watch this if you're listening four to this sides. right now. Look it up on YouTube. This is all on camera. Four sides. And uh if they're keeping score at home, that's, that's five, five sides. sides, dude. That's five sides. I know where and, this is going. And right there, right there. We only going. got one side left. That's that's all that's all six Unbelievable, sides. Unbelievable. That's dude. all six sides. Oh my god. You are so amazing. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> I only dog paddle. <laughs> Dude, that is unbelievable, Hart. I, I mean, look, if you have not ever seen Hart before, look him up and, and for God's sakes, book him for your events because this is <laughs> scratching the literal surface, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just just a, a little surface shot, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do, you know, mo mostly mentalism during my live shows because I, I think it just connects with people. You know, everything I just did was technically mentalism, right? right? It's all stuff that has to do more with thoughts, you know, predictions, Things like that. Sure, sure. And look, so, I, I've never lied to Hart, but I never would because it's terrifying. <laughs> because what just happened was he was dancing around inside of my head <laughs> while all of you guys were watching him right there on camera. 
Uh, Unbelievable, dude. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah, uh, for yeah. coming by, first of all. Second, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, you can book Hart Keen at hartkeen.com, H-A-R-T-K-E-E-N-E.com. And uh, you do a really cool thing where you basically try to make the most out. Like you said, everybody's got a budget, and you're going to make the most out of what you can give for each individual person. Right. There's right. not a big price sheet on there. You you got to get right. in touch with them, and, and you'll actually well, consult with people, right? I, well, because every event is different. I mean, I do stuff all over the country, and so, I mean, obviously an event on the East Coast is a lot different than an event uh, down the street from my home. I right. Mean, I mean, these are two different things. And also, a lot of times people will book something if somebody books books me last minute for even a small private event and you have a you know a, a decent realistic budget to work with i would love to do the event because i'm available right, right. And, and if it's open to my schedule whereas sometimes people will contact me three six eight months in advance and it's a smaller event maybe they don't have a, a realistic budget for it I, I i have no way of knowing what my schedule looks like right so i just say hey let's if, if I have avail availability as we get closer, I'd love to come to your event, you know? And I love what I do. I love people. I love entertaining. I love making people laugh. I love making people, uh, 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 you know, seeing their minds blown. I, you know, it's fun. It's, I love it. So, uh, I'm always, you know, happy to do what I do, but you know, there's always that fine line as well is, is you have to know your worth and know your value as well. So like we talked about earlier, you have to kind of balance that whole thing. Sure. You sure. Know, that's part of, of, of being in this business. Well, it, it's not only big corporate gigs. I've seen him at private parties. I've seen him in radio studios. I've seen him right here in my very own man <laughs> in room now. house, man. <laughs> yeah. You're in the man room. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'm probably going to have to go smoke a lot of weed about this to wrap my head around it, okay? Because if I keep drinking, it's just going to get worse. I have to get introspective now because of what just happened to me in here. <laughs> we just find Marcus on the couch just deep in thought later. Just like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. Hart, is there anything else you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Dude, I want to do my best to promote you because oh, I, am, uh, I am such a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, if people want to uh, check me out on, on Instagram or, or uh, uh, Facebook, I've you know, just just you can find me at my name, both both locations, at Hart Keen, H-A-R-T-K-E-E-N-E. -E -E. Uh, yeah, I, I post uh, fun videos sometimes. I, I don't you know, do as, probably as much social media as I should, because honestly, like we've talked about, that's not really who pays my bills. Right. You know, my, that my ideal client is actually not finding me on Instagram or Facebook. I, I do, you know, different other types of, you know, online marketing and search and networking at proper events. But it's like my ideal client is actually not, that's not where they're at. Sure. So I don't, I don't do as much as I should, but I still have a presence there. I still post some, some fun videos here and there. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to just kind of just see where, where I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm up to. Mentalist, illusionist, yeah. magician, call him what you want to call him. Amazing is what you should call him. Hart oh, Keen, thank you. thank you so much for joining me in the man room, dude. Oh, now, yeah. something I've asked every single person now that's been up here, what do yeah. you think of the man room podcast? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, this is, it's a great setup. Like I like I was saying earlier, uh, I've, I've, uh, the lot it's, it's spacious. I mean, you step into some people's studios and it's it's a real tight fit. There's plenty of room here, uh, and once again, the, the the all the duck gear and just uh, uh, I, I'm not a huge San, San San Francisco fan. I'm I'm more of a Seahawks fan. Sorry, okay. Marcus. All right. or, or, no. Can we still be friends? We can because uh, I still got more Super Bowls than you do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just wait, Wilson. <laughs> Hard keen, everybody. Yeah. That's the Man Room Podcast. Thank right. you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And, and, and transmission. transmission. <laughs>